interest and the biggest month we've ever had for new business was March. Um, which, oh, sorry, April. May. 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 Oh, I don't know what that is. We've had several this week. We've had some, we've, we've had clients from mid tier firms um, that, you know, coming to us. They're, they're probably small for a mid tier firm, but they're big for us. There's actually no sign at the moment of things slowing down. It's quite the reverse. Welcome to Humanize the Numbers, a series of podcasts with the leaders of accounting firms. Firms building a firm of the future. Actually, they're building it or have built a firm of the future now. You'll hear key insights, key skills and habits that are underpinning the success of these firms now. Insights, skills and habits that can underpin the success, the future success of your firm too. On this interview, you'll hear from Nikki and Nigel Adams from Advalorum and Milton Keynes. And you'll hear how proud they are of the work they've been doing to build a highly motivated team that are delivering high value services to their many, many clients across a couple of offices. So let's dive into that interview with Nikki and Nigel there. Hi, I'm Nigel Adams. I'm here with my co-director, Nikki Adams from Avalora, based in Milton Keynes. Uh, we've been operating the practice for 20 years now. We, we specialise in working with uh, owner-managed family businesses because that's where we see ourselves. Uh, so we share an empathy in that area. Uh, we have, uh, over the last, particularly the last four or five years, embraced technology particularly. Uh, we are zero platinum partners. We won the zero mid-tier award this year uh, and also the British Accountancy um, uh, Small Business or Small Practice Award last year. Uh, Brilliant. Which is great. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we've really embraced technology and also outsourcing, uh, and it's made a massive difference to our bottom line. We are structured like a business rather than practice. Um, so we do have a particular area to focus to get specialists into work in those areas. So that makes us a little bit different. So how many, how many offices and how many people, Nigel? Okay. At the moment, we've got two offices. Right. And uh, we're looking at a third at the moment. We're in midway through a couple of acquisitions. Uh, we have 46 people at the moment, but we have seven additional people joining us over the next six weeks. Wow. So you've been recruiting actively through um, 13 weeks of lockdown, which would be... Uh... There's a lot of frustrated people out there. Um, I'm, I'm sure there is. So with, with, with the, the focus on this is... Um, uh, because I, we, we we go back at you know we we've met before and and, and had conversation before, so I, I want to ask you over the last twelve eighteen months, what's um what what is it you're most proud of in the way that the, the firms moved on in the last eighteen months? And I'm sure that'll have some relevance to what's gone with the you know COVID nineteen lockdown period, but uh, I, I want it to be a, a broader spectrum piece than just that. Um, so tell me, what, what is it that's, uh, that stands out for you and for the firm in terms of the, you know, that heart beating pride that, um, you know, get, makes us get up in the morning and, and, and keeps us up till late at night as well? I think, I think we seem to have hit on a magic formula. I think we, you know, I think we've, we've created a, a, a way of working that really appeals to the next generation. And um, I'd say we're almost like a moth to a flame at the moment with, um, you know, anybody coming in that's pretty much under 35 would say, well, where do I, you know, pretty much says, where do I sign? Because. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's what we're really proud of is the team that we've, we've created. 
and it, and they and it kind of bounces off each other. We had a our annual strategy day. We did a little mini version last Friday, and while it was all on Zoom, of course, um, and we were doing polls as at the end of each session that we ran, and one of the questions was, you know, what's the most important thing about Avalorum? And that we were put down as one of the options, which. <laughs> I think, I think I think that was my non-vote, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, the team, you know, one of the one of the answers was the team, and that was like eighty nine percent said the team. So right. this, so we've caught, we we seem to have got a winning formula, and I think it's ma- the marriage of hum, human the human touch with technology, using technology as the tool. Oh, it's interesting, Nikki, because one one of the things that uh, we we've been focusing on with all the firms, you know, I've conducted I don't know two hundred two hundred and fifty Zoom meetings in the last thirteen weeks, and um, it which it's you know actually divided by the number of weeks, it's not that many, but it just um, you know the fairly deep meetings, and the, um, the the central theme of all of it has been this uh, humanize the numbers. It's bringing humanity to what's going on. Uh, humanity to the numbers work that the, the firms are doing and humanity to you know sharing that numbers work with clients so for you to bring up the fact that it's there's uh, there's that um sense of I'm, I'm, and i'm putting words in your mouth here sense of togetherness um sense that we're all um you we're, we've got that sense of camaraderie if everyone if you've got 89 percent of your team voting the team's the best thing about working at ad valorum then you've got yeah. certainly some of that camaraderie going haven't you yeah well i think I, I may say something that's a bit controversial here go for it go for it <laughs> um you know i think the problem that i see and obviously i'm doing a lot of recruitment so i hear what's going wrong in other firms for as, as far as the people leaving see it um and you know it seems to me that um a lot some accountants seem to sort of pay lip service to this so, you know, to this, what do you mean by this, Nikki? To bring to being a genuine team. So I think, you know, obviously if if you're in a part traditionally, firms were partner led. So the the contact with the clients would be partners only and technology has kind of broken that down because a lot of partners are not good enough with technology, to be honest. Um we'd admit that we're not <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. So it's recognizing strengths, you know, the strengths of, of the team. And, you know, I would say this, that what, what's happened in the last few weeks has highlighted that because, and this is the controversial bit, we, you know, we didn't furlough anyone, you know, not one single person. And, you know, I think the people that we've, we've, we've managed to pick up from other local competitors were furloughed. And, you know, and, you know, I think, so this is where the humanity bit comes in. Did those firms really need to save that, those few pennies? Um, you know, did they really? Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, we made the decision, conscious decision right at the beginning of, of, of the situation that, that we had money that we weren't going to furlough anybody, even mm. sat there doing nothing. Mm. Which they didn't. Which they didn't. <laughs> but, but, but the point is, you know, that's, the, that's being genu- you know, genuinely human. Um, yeah. And I think this is where sometimes I think you, the numbers, where somebody's looking purely at the numbers, it doesn't work. You know, you, yes, it might save you a few pennies, but what, mm. what does that do to somebody's morale? Mm. 
And I think what we're seeing as well, the feedback we're getting is uh, that some of these people, and I said this is a general thing, actually. I mean, we've so we, obviously, I think the last three months has really made everybody focus on this. It's really brought it to the top. But this isn't something that's unusual where staff are undervalued within their organisation. Uh, I think the, the, the up-and-coming accountants now, they're younger, they have a different perspective. But, you know, you have to earn respect. Just being qualified doesn't make give you respect. Yeah, just because you've got the title of partner, yeah, they're not going to respect that. Unless, exactly. you, unless, they, unless they feel you, earn, uh, you deserve it. That's right, <laughs> and that's a mindset thing. So although the last three months have probably brought that to the fore, this is something that's been going on really since the advent of zero of cloud accounting. There's a new breed of people coming in, mm. a new breed of particularly younger people coming in that, you know, we have to earn their respect. The, you know, the, the whole the old hierarchy of dead man's shoes doesn't work anymore. If you're not good enough, they will recognise you're not good enough and they will walk because the market is such that there are lots of firms now that will welcome them in. And uh, for us, it's a less structured area, which is really difficult for for accountants. You know, I mean, for us, we we don't you know we don't have a a nine to five regime. Um, we we operate really. I mean, some of our R and D guys, who are, are real techies, will be working at three or four in the morning because that when they feel that's how they want to operate. And that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's output focus. And I think what again the big thing that People that have heard me speak before in the past, I said timesheets, you've got to have timesheets. You can't run a business without timesheets. I think technology is proving to me at least that you can if mm. you've got the correct KPIs in place and the correct structure in the team or team structure for the business in place to deliver it. Where anarchy falls is where somebody jumps on the bandwagon and says, we're not going to do timesheets, but they've got no method of judging output. Yeah, there's nothing in its place. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I think a lot of people jumped on the wagon because it was sort of seen as a cool or innovative thing to do maybe 10 years ago. And it, it, it really was just an excuse for the partner to not be accountable. Yeah. Um, and it got around awkward conversations because it didn't need to make them. And I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what we've learned as well is, is being honest and open with people. Um, I think, you know, it's about accountability. And I think, uh, again, you know, I think, you know, we, where, we, where we, we are with this is we're totally open with everybody and everybody's totally open with us. Uh, and we breed that culture. So there's no behind, oh, I wish you'd done this or we should have done that. We're open. We come and say, well, why did you do it that way? Or equally, if we get something wrong, we'll turn around and say, look, you got it wrong for this reason. It's not a blame culture. 99% of the time, hmm. the reason that, um, mistakes happen is because the processes aren't good enough and i think again that leverages itself into technology because it's that yeah it's that's interesting now because the, the uh, and, and I, I'm, I'm assuming guessing that you're familiar with uh, the michael gerber's uh, messages yeah. Yeah. you know it's uh, you know there's people and there's processes and it's um it's a system failure not a people failure and if, if you if you have that uh, reference pointers, right? Something's gone wrong. The system's failed. Not someone's done anything wrong. Let's fix the system. Then culturally, that has. If you're true to that, it has. It, it, it embeds a culture which is um, supportive, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, I think the important thing is you have to give people the freedom to actually make mistakes, and that sounds really, really. Particularly, what we do is, oh, we're accountable. We don't make mistakes, and we we can't do anything. I think. 
there's a state of inertia that is bred within the profession where, yeah. you know, we, we, have, we can't make a mistake there and we won't actually do anything. Um, yeah. And I think where we are, within reason, of course, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, we don't, our, our team leads run their teams. You know, we, we will give them a direction. We've got the yeah. eyes. But there is a degree sometimes where they will make mistakes and we will actually sit down and that's fine because on other, on more often than not, the, the things that they do do, which we wouldn't have thought of, which are innovative, yeah. are a massive benefit to the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, uh, you're, now, you're now making me sweat, uh, Nigel, because I'm just thinking, all right, we're going to get uh, account partners of accounting firms to listen to this podcast, and I'm going to have to issue uh, tranquilizers for them to take before they listen to this, aren't we? So that go, all right, so yeah, give people the freedom to make mistakes with their clients. Yeah, let them talk to your clients. Don't talk to your clients. I think um, uh, we're going to have to tap into the NHS tranquilizer bank of this one. <laughs> but that's cool. That's cool. Well, we um, right. I, I, I'm going to stop you, Nigel, because you're just going to give me um, about two days' worth of content to quiz you on. So I've now got enough content to quiz you on, okay? Uh, so I just want to pick up on one piece. We said um, earn respect, and and I highlighted it in my notes. And it's like, well, uh, and I'm going, oh, what do you mean by that? And you said, actually, we've got to earn their respect. It's not the other way around. I think in, 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 in some firms it may be a case that, you know, employees come in and the hierarchy um, – what feel as though the, the, the tables are turned. It, it's, you know, they've got to earn our respect. But you twisting that over, you're turning that coin over and go, no, 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 no. We've got to earn their respect. I think that's an interesting twist that is. What are your thoughts? You know, is, is that sort of 20 years of cultural way of doing it or is that relatively innovative for you over the last 18 months? How, how, how far back does that go? Um, I think there's always been... Uh, uh, we're very open as a practice. We always have. Been. I think we've done it naturally anyway, um, because we've never we've never wanted level, you know, a lot of layers of hierarchy. We've only been a small, yeah. um, and you know, a few years ago we tried putting hierarchy in it, and, and we were thinking, you know, why? <laughs> this is just, yeah. you know, it, hierarchy tends to um, mean things take longer, um, mm. and you know, speed. Is, is of the essence in what we do. So, um, I think you get a protectionist environment as well. And yeah. I think that's where we went. This would have been probably about seven or eight years yeah. ago. And, uh, we were more, we wanted to be something we weren't. We forgot who we were. And that wasn't just with clients, but that was also with uh, our team. Mm. Uh, and when we, we were, were financially as much as anything else made to realize, guys, something isn't right here. We yeah, yeah. looked back at it and made some quite dramatic changes over a short time, which were expensive, which were training. We, we like to positive failure. Positive failure. <laughs> I think that uh, what we actually got from that was um, the team coming back to us. And it was almost like, where have you been? You know, we're, we've been here 100% for you and we're still here 100% for you. But for 12, 18 months, we were lost. Yeah. We were lost. You went absent, right. And I love the fact that our team, you know, it's just seven or eight. Felt confident enough to actually say that to us as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And bring it back, and they're still with us. You know, the, you know, we, we, oh, our, yeah. our staff turnaround is very, very small. Very, very. Mm. I think the last person that went was two years ago. 
Yeah, okay. So with, 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 you've, you've hinted at structure a couple of times here. So it's you said having the correct structure is part of this. And, you know, you tried one, it failed, and then you've flattened it and, and removed some of the hierarchy. Just run me through how, how, how you structured the firm up there. And I know you've got the two parts in terms of the general practice stuff, and then you've got the, um, you know, the, the specialist tech stuff. But just run me through on the general practice, how it's structured first. Would you? Now it's, 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 it's essentially... Uh, board level um, and senior management team and then the whole team um, and and we work in pods so the accounts team's now uh, four pods um, right. got around five five a pod um, how many people a pod Nikki sorry around five okay so the idea is that um, we don't want the uh, Trainees coming through. We've, I mean, we've got people that have been, you know, started with us from school who are now on the senior management team. So, you know, we want people to come through. And uh, because we've got a marketing team, five, uh, right. you know, it means that we, we don't worry about where the next new client's coming from. We've got constant new, new business coming through and it keeps everything fresh. So as, as we get new clients coming through, we're building new pods and obviously people are training coming through. We've got probably I think four at the moment that are, are coming up to qualify next year. So those four will start building their own pods, um, and that's how we intend to grow the business as well as as acquiring. Yeah, mm. I think it's about painting a picture. So I think you know, I know when I worked in in London all those years ago in a very old traditional company, it really was you know you go into the wood panel boardroom and you thought well. You know, I might get in here if I'm 60, if I'm lucky, you know, and a few people. It's dead man's shoes. <laughs> but what we wanted to do is, I think, I think the important thing with what we're doing is when somebody comes on board, we, we can very clearly show them what their route within the practice is. Mm. And that will go through it within the pods. Typically, the reason we set the pods up this is something we've been doing about 12, 18 months now. And the reason we set them up was we were growing very, very quickly. Um, and particularly off the back of the sales, uh, the sales and marketing function, uh, and we were getting a disconnect with our clients. So we would do all the jobs really well, but it would be a bit disjointed. So what we decided to do was bring a pod in where they would have their own clients within that pod. There'll be a tax person in there. There'll be a team lead. There'll be typically two part qual or one newly qual. And one or two trainees, and or a key underpinning that is outsourcing. Yeah, yeah, and then underpinning that, obviously, we've got outsourcing as well. And the focus very much has been we want our team to be able to engage with our clients, and up at all levels. So you don't get the awkward conversation of getting a disjoint between a tax return done in June, in January, and a set of accounts that have been done six, seven months earlier. The whole idea is it knits together. But mm-hmm. that at scale, you find a lot mm. smaller confirms can do that because they have so many clients. Obviously, we've got nearly fifteen hundred clients now, um, and and that's growing all the time. And you want them to, feel- and you want them still to feel that connection. Mm. And I think Sorry, can- you, you want you want the clients to feel that connection, or you want your team to feel the connection. Both. I think if the team feel the connection, the clients get the feel the connection. And so it's, 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 you know, it stands to reason. So, so they don't get the feel of being in this big 
huge great big company. We're not a huge great big company, but sure. it, we're, we're a, a reasonable size. And uh, but we still want you know we're family, and that's the core of what runs throughout our and our clients almost without section are family businesses. We've mm. got the same empathies, and we want to keep that integrity going forward. Mm. Interesting. Um, the you know we we, we set out to uh, challenge firms so that they connected a deeper level with the people and the numbers hence that humanize the numbers piece so the, so that that connection message is important to me um the the I'm, I'm challenged a little bit though by you know what why pods you say well we need pods because we're growing fast and and but there's there's firms that grow fast that don't have pods well so I'm, I'm still not clear as to why you think that the pod structure is key to this it depends what market they're in though doesn't it you know it you know because we're dealing with micro businesses and small businesses um it's you know some some mid-tier larger firms are dealing with the, the layer up sure so it's you know we we don't tend to deal with companies that have got their you know their own finance department for instance so it's knowing what your marketplace is. We are specialised in what in what we do. Yeah. And I think that some of the, you know, I say the, the, the I don't know, is it? I, I think the key thing for us with the pods uh, and where it's really come through for us has been the fact that you've got something five or six people that know the client in detail. Mm. So if John calls up and he's, and he's uh, has got an account question, um, John might be on our chat. Might be on holiday. We've got four other people that know the client and can have and can engage at a human level with the client. So right, okay, John, yeah, Rob isn't here today, but we've got it. You know, we've got your back. We understand where you are, rather than being left in a void of people saying, "Well, yeah, yeah, yeah." I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll give you a call back at some point. So again, it's a question of getting engaged. And I think also it develops from within the team. Mm. We've got a tax person in the team as well. One of our special tax. Uh, one of our uh, tax uh, assistants or trainees is in the team as well. So you hear conversation in the office, and we love you come to the office, it buzzes, you know, because everybody's talking and there's stuff going on. It drives some accountants mad for us, we love it. Um, and what you actually get there is you get throwaway comments, you get forums. Um, we had one, actually, we had one on Zoom, quite an interesting experience, but um, where we were looking at the way in which a bug business have been demerged and you can get the, the, the nice thing with that is you've got your senior guys in there but there's also part of that um that learning process because you've got your trainees in there as well who will also come in and, and they're encouraged to come in with their thoughts on it and and sometimes they're, they're the right are they they cut through all the rubbish and get to the right answer so it, it, it's a it's a the connectivity i think with it, it makes it smaller and for me from a business perspective and what we've seen in scaling and foul is you need focus in order to deliver a, a consistent product. And if you've got a, a load of people with that's disjointed, mm. all these holes in the business cannot scale, and they don't don't can't develop that care really. Yeah, like so learning to care. You know, we, all the pods have got different uh, different names. Uh, they, I, I think they have, they have, uh, <laughs> um, and, what names? Um, silver and teal. <laughs> yeah, silver and teal at the moment. So it's not that imaginative, but we, we okay. questioned at the last one about, uh, punk bands, which most of the little, uh, as you know, that's my thing. 
and and mine. Mo- mo- most of the millennials sort of punk, punk, you know, sort of uh, yeah. old man's music. <laughs> hey, Nigel, Nigel, I was dri- I was driving in yesterday, and um, they were playing Alternative Ulster by Stiff Little oh, Fingers, which is right. just like, oh, get okay. in! I, I had to stay in the car park till it finished. It's only two minutes and fifty seconds long, but it was really brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Foo Fighters are cool, by the way. My daughter plays with that. That's good. Uh, Okay, so you've got 1,500 clients, five pods. So is that 300 clients per pod, or have I oversimplified that? Pretty much. We've got got the the senior pod um, is our SMT um, advisor, which is... um, what they do with more complex issues. So it's Tom, who's our head of compliance. Uh, he heads up the senior pod and works um, and manages the other pods to a degree and just makes sure you know, that there's any issues. So I'm not getting deluged with loads and loads of questions I can't answer, basically. So Tom's much smarter than I am. Uh, and Tom's able yeah. to actually filter through and support the other team leads. So the okay. idea is you don't get 100 people coming to me or to Tom yeah. Most of the team lead, the team lead, if he can't answer the question, we'll yeah. go to Tom. And on the rare occasion that Tom wants a little bit of input, it comes to, it comes to me. Uh, equally, at the advisory level, um, we are encouraging at various levels. But the advisory is it's just such a general term. You know, I mean, for me, uh, originally, before technology, it wasn't, for me, I didn't like it. It wasn't scalable. And the big thing that we'll, you know, my motto, as you've heard me say before, is it's got to be scalable and saleable, which is just good. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing more sophisticated than that. But I think that um, that's why we are a heavy client based practice. But we make no profit on volume because of the way in which we connect with clients and how we manage our resources mm. so that the clients still feel engaged. But obviously, using outsourcing and, and those methods, our guys are doing the right things all the time. Now, yeah. the advisory side, we've got transactional advisory. I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable with transactional. We don't do coaching; that's not our thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but transactional stuff, we will do. And when I'm saying transactional stuff, it can be things like corporate finance. Uh, it can be wealth management. Uh, it can be, um, obviously. Budgets, cash flows, those sorts of things. Um, yeah, and, and specialist tax work. Obviously, we've got a specialist tax team that do the really high level stuff. So things like R and D, uh, and which we are, you know, that's that's our kick one of our core departments now. Yeah, yeah. And sort of fifty percent of our turnover now in R and D. But it's a very special. The, the skill set for R and D is very, very special. So they've got their own group. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's sort of out of the main practice. Um, but, uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I guess, you know, that, that core advisory where we're looking at partnerships or we're looking to bring it in house. Okay. And it comes back to the message of being focused. I think a lot of practices fail and we failed miserably on it. On, we're not even where we want to be yet. No, we're you not. Know. On, on that <laughs> transaction advisory because we hadn't focused on it. You do bits of it. And it's the old Paul Dunn, um, Wally video thing, which is brilliant, which is, you know, failure to implement. You do yeah. bits of it. You lose, you lose that continuity and consistent thing, and therefore you don't deliver it, and you get frustrated because it, yeah, doesn't, yeah. Work. it doesn't work. Simply. Yeah. Okay. So we've got we've got five pods, uh, three hundred clients per pod, five or six people per pod. What sort of fee bank? So scale of fees per pod? Half a million per pod. Half a million. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. 
So uh, you mentioned um, in that, um, you know, that uh, the, the kickstart to this morale piece is it's correct structure, yes, earn respect, yes, uh, a less structured regime, yes. You also talked about having the correct KPIs. What what is it that uh, what is it you track and measure? Right for the pod, or, or what or rather, let me rephrase that. Um, what do you have the pods track and measure in order to help them ensure that they're on track? Because I'm fairly certain you don't wield a big stick. You have them measure themselves, or have I, am I off? Am I off tilt there? We've always been. We've all, we've always been in that in that room where it's it's output it's output based. So the KPIs for me. Uh, the year end is the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we target all of our year our, our clients to have their uh, first draft accounts because some clients aren't always the best at coming back to you. But yeah. draft accounts within ninety days of the year end. In all, for, uh, so we're, we're for all clients, all clients, all clients end the subject. They don't always comply with that. Let's hasten to that. And you know, and if we have serial offenders, we'll drop the client. You know, because the system has to, you, you can't have exceptions within the system because then it doesn't sort of work and it sends a mixed message. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. From our perspective, what we also do is. Uh, we, 30 working making. Yeah, we have 30 working days. We've had that since day one. Say, so what was that one? So I missed that. You had 30 what? 30 working day turnaround on getting an account, first draft account to the client. Now that is from from where to where from. So obviously the end point is the draft accounts to client. The thir- when does the clock start, Nikki? Books and records in. Right. Or now using technology, yeah. the what we tend to do is we look. We use Xavier. We love Xavier. We've been with Xavier a long time. And obviously, just been bought by Receipt Bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a great acquisition for Receipt Bank. Yeah, absolutely. But we use Xavier um, scoring on all of our zero clients. Uh, and for us, if the Xavier score is eighty percent or above, that means the file is pretty much there, ready for us to rock. Um, so we do, we do a quick top and tail, and then send it to India. Uh, right. And then if, we, it's, if it can go, then. if it can go to India, in most in most cases it can. Um, yeah. uh, but then we'll start engaging with the client, at, you know, going forward to so, say, right, this is where we are in the process. We worked about fourteen days, but thirty is absolute drop dead. Mm-hmm. So you work to fourteen days, but thirties where you start to get really antsy. Yeah, if it, if nothing. We have, we've only been once over thirty days, and that was about fifteen years ago. And it was a bank holiday Monday that we missed. So that's why we say working days now. Rolling. Excuses, excuses, yeah, Nigel. Yeah. I just think that's uh, that's just so poor. <laughs> it used to me. I'm not going to practice. It used to really frustrate me when you sort of look, you'd have a you know you tell the client you've got penalties to pay. And it was because it was the practice's fault because they hadn't got their backsides in gear. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Conversations you don't need, you know. Yeah. Okay. So we've got two KPIs: um, year-end draft accounts to client every client uh, within three months of their uh, year-end date, uh, ninety days of the year-end date. Um, turnaround time from the kickstart of the job, which is when you've got full access to books and records, whether it be on zero or, or whatever. Um, and you're looking to turn that around within 14 days, but worst case, 30 days. That's correct. And the other one is client contact. Oh, right. Okay, go on then. What, what's that KPI? So what we tend to do is we would want uh, all of our clients to have a, a, a client touch. I sound like I'm about to get locked up. but a client uh, Yeah. Um, depending on size, but at least four times a year. Now, for smaller clients, that's okay. 
because you don't want to be calling them monthly anyway because you become more of a hindrance than a help. But right. obviously the more complex ones we're working with a lot closer. But there is a minimum touch, whether that's it has to be at least two phone calls and two emails. That's acceptable. Oh right, okay. Um and we do that through we um yeah, we, we do that through obviously the phone system links in with the CRM, so you can see you know phone calls going out. And as much as anything else, it, it allows us to first of all pick up what's happening with the clients. And again, technology helps us with that as well. That promotes the conversation. That's why it's been a lot easier because if they're on zero, we can use Xavier or um, you know whatever filter we want in order to say, well, actually, hang on a sec, you're in the pod, again, my thing with it being in pods is that the team lead can review his pod of clients. They might have a load of surplus cash in a bank. It, obviously, it's coming up to their year end. We can be looking at potential pensions. Um, yeah, and um, what we can then do is it, I think the key thing, we don't want our guys to sell on the floor. They sell by making the phone call without you find again. We've tried to get accountants. I know some practices that will be saying, uh, "Get their get their account their, their accountants to phone up and say, oh, well, I can do you know your bookkeeping for X, Y, Z.'" Yeah, that's okay, and some some of my guys will do that, but very few. Very few. Do. The idea it comes back to our idea of focus. So I've got I've got five salesmen that are brilliant salesmen that, that are great, and we'll do that. Don't call them salesmen, they'll tell you. Business debt, business debt, very good. Business debt. 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 The ability to engage with a client at a level they're comfortable with. I think if you start forcing people to do things they're not comfortable with, they'll find reasons not to do it. But yeah. And we're giving them the hooks to look for. And we could, know, yeah. So. so the reality is what they will do is they'll have a phone call. If they pick something up, they will just say, right, well, I'll get um, Andy or I'll get one of us uh, or George or Duncan to give you a call and we can have a chat about that. And these are your BD guys, yes? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, so we've got four four points of contact every client every year minimum. Yeah, and um, and and the other KPIs that we've already uh, we, we've already touched on. I'm guessing that you've had far more um, phone call contact with all your clients in the last thirteen weeks than um, the uh, half a call that they were meant to get. In a tsunami. A <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tsunami we've created. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, the nice thing with where we are, we, we, you know, the three biggest costs. I mean, for me. You know, it's sort of um, looking at a business is really, really easy. The business strategy, you look at your three biggest uh, costs and you just cape off the shit out of them, to be honest. Right, okay. <laughs> so, so for us, you're looking at staff, you're looking at marketing, you're looking at IT. Um, we spend typically around 9% of our turnover on marketing and about 10% of our turnover on IT. Um, and the advantage with that, and obviously we've got our own IT CTO in-house, who is a tech, he's not an accountant with a CTO out on he's a, he's a, a, he's an IT guy himself. You know, we were a week before lockdown, we were 90% remote already, which was great. Uh, but the first thing we did was say, right, we want all of our client bank called within 
two weeks. Uh, and I guess that's where the furloughing thing came in because we didn't furlough people because our team are flexible enough that they will jump in and they will support our payroll team, which furloughing is a nightmare yeah. in the early days. Uh, yeah. They fielded the phone calls from the clients yeah. um, to allow the payroll team to do the work. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think you know we, we achieved 90% touch point within... Uh, it didn't do it in two weeks. It was about that month, yeah. within a month. We right, okay. Every single client, at least once. Um, and we've been obviously doing a weekly block. We do. We didn't bombard because there was so much white noise out there. For us, it's Friday night. Friday it? night, every Friday night, I would write a letter. All my marketing would write a letter, uh, which I would send out to clients. We had some amazing feedback from it. But I think it really came to the fore because the, the, the nice thing was to feed back the responses that I was getting because although they were saying, Nigel, thanks for being there, the reality is it's not me, it's my team. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, and we were able to feed that back and that built an, um, a confidence, even with some of the quieter members to say, look, these conversations are really, you know, they really respect what you're doing. I've got some amazing things. Yeah. Um, and I think it gave, a lot of confidence to the team. Yeah. I say phoning people is good guys. And that's why you're not, you know, they, they appreciate you just being there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so uh, N- Nicky, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge Nigel, but you can stick up for him, I think. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but I think it's probably, um, it, 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 I, I'm, uh, I'm going to challenge your, um, uh, outlook a little here. So we've got this um, predetermined standard, which is two calls, two emails per client minimum per year. And yet in the last quarter, you've probably averaged a minimum of two calls per client mm-hmm. yeah. over the last 13 weeks. So your clients have appreciated that depth of care and contact. And now we're going to revert back to in the next six months, we're going to call them once. No. Does that sound right to you? No. Well, no. well, well, it depends. I mean, as I say, we we're very we're in a very fortunate position. You know, we've got we've got a business development team, right? So we so we you know we have someone not sitting there trying to produce accounts and call clients. We've got people dedicated to calling clients. Yeah. So, um, it depends. You know, I think what we're trying to develop in our um, CRM system is. Talking to the clients the way they want to be talked to or communicating with, you know, clients are getting more sophisticated in what they want. Yeah. Um, now you, you know, funnily enough, actually, in the digital age, there are some clients that don't want you to talk to them at all. Um, and you know, so we, I think the trouble when you start saying every client's got to have this level of contact, this is where, this is what over the next year is what we're focused on is actually making sure we're Dealing and talking to the client the way they want, yeah. the way that fits in without with us. So, so it might be WhatsApp rather than a phone call. It yeah. might be Facebook rather than WhatsApp. It might be LinkedIn. It might be TikTok. It might whatever. Because from from October 2016, we shut our doors to anyone that wasn't going to be digital from that point. Yeah. So you know the only reason we have clients that are not on you know not digitised is because we've acquired them from other, you know from you know acquisitions that we've, we've done. Yes. So um, so those those clients have come to us because we're a digital practice. Yeah. So that so they are you know we have to be at the forefront of this you know it's, we can't just assume 
that every client is going to want to be contacted the same way. Hmm. Um, and you know, um, that, that's that's the key to it is 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 not doing what we what fits in with us. It's doing what I think what the client wants, but making yeah, yeah, yeah. paid for it. <laughs> Yeah. Say that la- Sorry, say that last bit again, Nikki. So it's making sure you get paid for it. So for the con for the level of contact that we're giving them. Yeah. So you right, so so you then therefore sponsoring conversations with clients about this level of contact requires a higher fee. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah. you know, in, um, initially, um, it may not be as simple as that because, in actual fact, we. The more data we have on a client, the more we know about that client without even talking to them. So we may, you know, to getting into the realms of being genuinely proactive, um, we, we, you know, obviously data is the key thing. Um, and it could be we pick up data from data mining. Yeah. Um, and our business development manager decides that he's going to contact 20 clients because of they've got money in their bank account or X, Y, Z. Um, and that's why we, we want to talk to them about something. So, you know, it's, that's where we want, that's where we want to be is yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in that marketplace. So, so, it's, yeah, so I, I can now see that what you're wanting to do and tell me if I've got this wrong is, uh, you've got access to client data, the CRM and the other technologies that you're using, you want to be triggering calls with clients on something that's relevant to their data set, whether it be cash at bank, or cash not at bank, for example. Yeah. You know, they might you might you might set limits that if they drop below ten grand in their bank, then that that triggers a call to client. Yeah, and it may not even be what's in their uh, zero account. It may yeah. be their Facebook page. It may be you know they you know tr- you know hook it into their Google Analytics. It could be yeah yeah yeah. There's all sorts of ways we can we can extract data. So we're nowhere near where we want to be with, with, with this yet. Yeah 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 yeah. Um, but but we do know, what we do know so far is that you have an engaged team um and, and you know an engaged team that engage with the client um you know that that that's the the magic for us at the moment okay so so you've got these seven people that are starting with you that you've recruited during lockdown yeah uh, that are disillusioned with their firms who furloughed them yes and and are looking at what you guys are doing and going, I want some of that. Yeah. Um, how how have they found out about you guys? The people that work with us. So your your best marketing engine for recruiting new people is the existing people you've got in the firm. I think out of the seven, I think um, out of the seven, we've got two that came from our best recruitment consultant that, that knows us and he knows what we're looking for. So every time he gets anybody that you know. You know, fit yeah. And Yuri's first call or her first call. To be honest with you, we usually get a two for one on that because then they, that that person comes in and then they go back to their the workplace. And you get another one, and right? Okay. I've done that. In, yeah. So with the moment, so the bog off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Buy one, get one free. Fantastic. Okay. So, so, yeah. Um, Let's hope your recruitment consultant doesn't watch. They'll listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant because he's made he makes a lot of money almost every year yeah um, so he's fine he's fine with it um yeah so we do that happens and um so it's in each department we've got new people starting um but i think out of the seven four are from internal recommendation or from someone who's come for an interview gone back and told a work colleague um, and they've said, oh, I fancy I'm having some of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think what's also is, you know, a lot of people who uh, are 
awards and, and like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do awards because, you know, the, the people that do it are just actually, you know, just, just showboating. And, and, and I think we all know that, you know, you, you, awards, you apply for them, you know, you've got a great, you know, sort of uh, um, presentation uh, and, you know, there's a good chance you'll get shortlisted, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you've got to spend some time doing it. The key thing is you don't get, or very rarely do you get clients from winning awards. What you mm. get is new start, is staff, particularly younger members of staff who see it on your website. They, they must be great because they're British Accounts Award winners or yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero Award winners or they're Account yeah. Excellence winners. It, yeah. it says something about your mindset. I think that's what it is. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to um, Andrew Rhodes at Sobel Rhodes on this, and, and he's in the same spot. You know, it's like we're, we're doing this a to give the team a pat on the back, so it's a, it's an acknowledgement of what they're all doing. Plus, it sends a message out to the marketplace around other staff finding us and wanting to actually just put their um, pick the phone up or send the CV in and just and, and start the uh, start the conversation. Um, you know, that's, uh, that's that's fabulous. Youngsters want to be with winners. Start again. Say that again, please, Nigel. Youngsters want to be with younger people. Want to be with winners, and they see that through the badge, and that's the importance. Yeah, yeah, fantastic, amazing, amazing. Um, so, are you ready for a, a bit of um, quick fire numbers uh, uh, to see how this uh, how this how this piece sure. works? Yes. Sure. All right, now, now I'll, make it relevant. <laughs> all right, okay, okay. Now, what I could do is I could do them out of order, Nigel, which would completely freak you out, won't it? Uh, <laughs> all right, okay, 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 okay. So, um, uh, let's do a couple of yours. No, number of equity owners in the firm? Uh, equity owners four, um, four. but so uh, we've got uh, obviously me and Nikki, uh, we own 80%. Right. I've got an external investment with, uh, investor with 10%, who was a former client. Yeah. And uh, I've got two of my long term uh, team members, head of tax and head of sales with 5% each. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that long answer. This is meant to be a quick fire round. There's a hint in the title, yeah. Isaac. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Your generosity um, uh, is, is, is fabulous. Thank you. Uh, uh, so, okay. Uh, total fees for the end of the last financial year. Last financial year, 3,005,000. Brilliant. And how many full-time employees in the firm? You gave us that earlier. Is that 46? 46 at the moment. But isn't there some part-timers in there? Um, one. All right. So it's mainly um, mainly full-time. Brilliant. Uh, and what are your firm's most important non-financial KPIs, other than ones we've already touched on? Um, I think the key things we look at, um, obviously, new start, new clients gain, why they've come on board, and also, most importantly, clients and why they've gone. Right, okay, okay. Um, now, this isn't on the list, and this is me going long form rather than short term. Um, how often How often are you reporting on your KPIs? Uh, we report on the KPIs weekly. And- oh, get it. <laughs> <laughs> you report, let me just say that, you, so you report on all your KPIs every week. Yep. So all right. Every Monday, all my team leads, the senior management team, give me my KPIs. Okay, um, and um, do those KPIs always drive action, Nigel? Every week, always. Good answer. Uh, okay, I'll uh, I'll park that one there. We might touch on that in another conversation. Go on. Partner not being fee earning. Say that again. It's the benefit of the partner focusing on the business and not 
doing You're only about 20%. Yeah, I'm probably 10 to 20% shy for the month. Right, okay. Really pretty right. So I've got time to spend to do that and spend time with my senior team. That's the most important thing. Right, so you're investing time and energy in them using the KPIs to drive insight and therefore decisions and therefore action. Yeah, marvellous, marvellous. So tell me, what are you doing to drive the profit per job up in your firm at the moment? Uh, key things for us is one of the um, outsourcing. Right. Uh, and we have had a drive. One of the KPIs I didn't mention was we measure how much work goes to India in connection with the whole job. So if we've got 1,500 clients, Utopia is 1,500 jobs go to India. The reality is it doesn't, but uh, we do. Well, obviously, we want as much, much of that work to go to India as we can. So there's a so, KPI for us. So you've got, you're, you're tracking jobs to India every week as yeah. a KPI. Yeah. yeah brilliant, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Um, so how often do you have a board meeting? Uh, we have, a, well, as, it, as the only two directors are me and Nikki, every day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got that challenge. breakfast <laughs> table. <laughs> Well, oh, okay. We have a sort of shareholder meeting, which is you know we involve all the share. So we have that once a month. Right, brilliant. And and how often do you have a, a workflow production meeting? Every week, Monday. And is that pod by pod, or is there a broader one that sits above the whole firm? It's overall because Tom manages pod on pod, and then Tom Tom delivers the KPI to me. Okay, and 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 on that, how how far ahead are you production planning your work? How many weeks in advance are you? Can you see and, and have got work scheduled? Well, typically, because of based on the um, on our KPI of ninety days, we schedule. We can pretty much schedule when work will come in. Really, for twelve months, to be honest, I suppose realistically, you're looking probably twelve weeks. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So you're you're you're, you're at that quarterly reference point. Yeah. It's interesting. I've just I've just done a, a, an exercise with a bunch of firms, and it's um, if you've got a rolling thirteen week planner. You've, all, you, you've got an insight into the turnover of the firm over the next 13 weeks. If not, you multiply it by four, you can sort of predict what the firm turnover is going to be, can't you? Well, we don't because we direct debit anyway. So it's yeah. almost. Okay. <laughs> so um, we, we know, I mean, we know this year our, our, our baseline will be 4.2 million. Yeah. We won't be far off that um, unless R&D do really, really well. Um, yeah. I told them we've got to. I want to get to five this year, but yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, you know, to be honest, we can go within the budget. We are um, materially right on budget where we expect to be. Right, fantastic, fantastic. And I'd I'd be interested to dive into a a deeper conversation on that 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 planning piece at at, at another time, actually. Um, But uh, if we ever get. Next to a bar with a beer in our hands, we can do that, uh, uh, Nikki. I'm, I'm not interested in speaking to Nigel, Nikki. <laughs> uh, but, but I'll have a beer with him. Um, yeah, you know, so, things done in this place. How often do you have a client care meeting? Depends on the level of service. Yeah. Okay. So, because we have different levels of service. So, great, great answer. Top level. Uh, top level premium, which is well, some of those pay per monthly meetings, don't they? Yeah. So, so and it's kind of client care. So yeah, so with the main accounts, we'll be looking uh, probably monthly to see where we are. But some of them, as I say, we you know we've got some clients where um, you know we're talking weekly to them. But but as a general overview, of client care, how are we doing? Um, we'll normally pick that up in, in uh, on a monthly basis. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah. a premium client would get quarterly. 
meeting and a premium plus client will probably be monthly. Right, okay. And and how many how many of you fifteen hundred drop into that premium or premium plus, Nikki? I think it's about I think it's the eighty twenty rule, you know, twenty percent. About twenty percent. Okay, cool. And it's, it's difficult at the moment because we, we did a, our biggest acquisition last year and we're still integrating those clients. So, um, you know, we'll see. But, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that rule? Okay. Well, and that, that, that might be the answer to the last question, which is, you know, what's the um, priority strategic focus for the next 13 weeks or, or 26 weeks if you want to extend it to the end of the year? What, what, what's the strategic priority that if you, if, you, if, you, if you crack that, you'd be really, really pleased? Um, well, we've, as I say, we've, we're working with the management consultants. So we've, we've actually scheduled our three years. We've got a three-year plan. Um, right. And Does it break into quarters? A quarterly focus. Well, it goes into the year, so we've got um, a plan for to March next year. Yeah, we want to be, um, and in that plan, I don't want to give you too much here, but um, no, don't worry. <laughs> um, we've got certain things that that we need to do um, to get the structure because we we're trying to build a ten million pound practice is what we're trying to build. Before we hang up our our hats, your boots, yes, hang the boots up, um, and so to get there, which you know we've got a lot of drive in the practice to do that. Um, it's focusing this year on getting the structure in place um, that we can know that we can replicate what we're doing. So that's the key. So we we're, we're at the moment working on the south uh, because we want to prove that we can replicate what we're doing in Milton Keynes in in a, a completely different location. So that's what we're, we're aiming to achieve by the end of this year. Uh, and we need to, you know, we, we do need, we probably need um, a few key uh, players in there that we need to identify, which is always difficult, always difficult. So, so yeah, so I think that's you know, an acquisition. We've got a couple going at the moment uh, and a couple more in the offing. Uh, obviously, the BDA, BD guys are bringing work through all the time. And I say it's interesting, the biggest month we've ever had for new business was March. Um, which oh sorry April May May I don't know what who's in charge of the KPIs in this business no but the but the sales team hit their annual target in seven months so so they they're they're flying and thought we'd get a dip but actually I think what's happened is I think I think it's pretty much perfect storm, really, because I think what's happened is people are looking at their provider and really questioning what, what you know whether they've got the right fit. Yeah, whether the, the value equation actually stacks up in terms of that, the deliverables on the tangible accountancy, bookkeeping, payrolls type stuff, but actually on the have we got an advisor here with a relationship that's deep enough for us to warrant paying them? We've had several this week. We've had some. We've, we've had clients from mid tier firms. Um, that you know, coming to us, they're they're probably small for a mid tier firm, but they're big for us. Um, mm. We've had uh, clients where they were, you know, dealing with people working out of their bedrooms, and of course, one person working out of their bedroom cannot deal with the tsunami that's that's hit us. Yeah. Uh, so that you know, there's a few accountants locally that have just closed their doors, just yeah, yeah. be having a nervous breakdown. To be honest with you, it's bonkers, um, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah, but brilliant. For some of us, as I say, it sounds awful, but you know, you know, at the moment we 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 did sort of at the beginning think, oh, should we put off our plans? But actually, we thought, well, why? Um, there's actually no sign at the moment of things slowing down. It's quite the reverse. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think, yeah. sorry, just jumping back to what Nick is saying, so acquisition, but I think also as well. Um, R&D as well. R&D is massive for us and is growing very, very quickly, um, which is great. And there's, there's, there's new legislation, which is what some new rules that we put in place, um, which are hoping keep, to keep the Cowboys out. Keep the Mavericks out. Yeah. The Mavericks out yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think as well what we're looking at is um, – uh, sorry, the train there. What was I saying? No, no idea. <laughs> All right, don't worry. It's, we've, 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 we've run out of time anyway, Nigel, so don't worry about it. Advisory. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we look, we're looking for more. Okay. Cash flows and that stuff. Fab, fab. Look, uh, folks, the um, this um, the, the beauty of this conversation for me is just reaffirming that this um, you know balancing that the, the humanity with the numbers piece and um, so you're not furloughing anybody to make sure you, that you're there for all of your clients as often as you could be during the last 13 weeks but that's just a reflection of what you set the firm up to do in, in, in recent years really um and I, I love that line uh, nicky about you know the, the 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 flame to the moths that are out there wanting to work for a really good firm yeah. um which marries up with your comment nigel about you know the the Good people want to work for a firm that's a winner. Yeah. yeah. You know, they want to work with winners. Um, and I think, you know, that fits with my thing is that yeah, everyone gets out of bed in the morning to win. They don't get out of bed in the morning to lose. No. Do you know, and, else I think uh, the other thing, you know, is that I think without exception, um, everyone I've interviewed, because we can articulate our vision, um, they can, there's something they can buy into. I think, I think a few of them have said, I've never had been for an interview where I've actually been told what you're planning to do. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and where and they, they fit, fit in. in how they think absolutely, absolutely. You know, there's, there's a firm up the road from here who, who hired um, th- three brilliant people in a very short period of time. And and these three people are really high quality, um, you know, um, mid level managers, you know, the, the future of the firm, really. And um, they were, um, uh, there was essentially, they had a beauty parade of accountancy firms wanting to hire them. Yeah. And, the, and the firm that I work with up the road to hire them, we just set them up to look, just talk about the next 18 months or the next two years for your firm and how they fit in and how that breaks down into either six month chunks or quarterly chunks. That's exactly what they did. And they recruited them on less salary than they were being offered by other firms. Because they bought the they bought the actual future focus. Yeah, um, I mean, I look uh, at it. We're a, we're probably a fifty piece jigsaw puzzle at the moment, and we want to be a thousand piece jigsaw. Oh, nice line! <laughs> nice line, Nikki. What a great place to finish that is. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Nikki. Thank you, uh, Nigel. Uh, the quality of the uh, messages you've shared here has just been outstanding, uh, remarkable, in fact. Um, so, thank you very, very much, and we'll we'll, we'll call it a day there. So, okay, thanks, Paul. Thank you, thank you. You'll find more valuable discussions with the leaders, managers, and owners of ambitious accounting firms at humanisethenumbers.online. You can also sign up to be notified each time a new podcast is made available. This podcast series, Humanise the Numbers, has been made possible thanks to the support of our sponsors, My Work Papers, Advanced Track, Satago, and VFD Pro. Visit humanisethenumbers.online Click the logo of each sponsor and you'll hear what our podcast interviewees have to say about the sponsor's services.